You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Janine Prezioso. Janine, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Jeremy. It's really nice to be here. So our topic today is what content marketers can learn from journalists. And we're talking about that because you have a background in journalism and now you're head of content. So take us through that journey. Tell us a little bit about your background as a journalist and how that led you eventually to where you are now. Sure. So I started out kind of worked my way up, learned all the ropes in journalism. I was working for a couple of small newspapers, wrote obituaries for a while, worked, you know, covering town hall meetings, police water, fire, all that kind of stuff. And then I I went to journalism school. And after that, I worked for a couple of years for some newspapers when newspapers were, I guess, more popular than maybe Mm -hmm. they are now. But and then I I decided that if I were, were to kind of learn a specialty, it would maybe help me more in my career. And so I was lucky I got a job at a, a ship brokerage and energy consulting company. I learned a lot about energy markets. And so when I, after I did that, I was there for a couple of years, I, I found I was kind of marketable for, you know, a lot of the business newswires, Dow Jones, mm, the Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal, Reuters. So I worked at Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal for a couple of years in Houston, Texas, actually. And then I went to Reuters. I was there for five years before I moved into financial services, sort of where I am now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you, how did you end up in doing marketing specifically? Yeah. So I, um, while I was at Reuters, they had a, a platform that I was working closely with the marketing team on. It was a chat room to get information out there. We were doing newsletters. So I kind of started it there. And then I moved to a, a trade association and I was researching a lot the derivatives market a lot about the derivatives markets which you know it's a big part of I guess financial services mm-hmm. especially in in New York and other places where they use those to kind of hedge oil production and, and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. not to get too technical but um and then I left there and I worked for a bond trading platform so I got into technology through a contact of mine and did events and newsletters for clients of that company. And that's how I landed at Activium after that. In terms of how I got into marketing more, I think I was able to kind of leverage all the skills that I was using as a journalist. They they seemed to mirror a lot. Mm. And I really was able to translate them in terms of who is your audience? Who are you talking to? And especially in technology and finance, where you have these very sophisticated, high-touch kind of clients who you know, know the markets that they're dealing with. Their job is to make money and manage risk every day. Um, and I was speaking to them for a very long time. And I don't only mean on the phone, which I, I was on the phone, but in terms of being able to write and comprehend what they did and be able to, to clearly write about it because they needed to understand what, what I was hearing yeah. and seeing, that was a real big plus. And, you know, it, it kind of just flowed for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, let's dig into that a little bit more. So you're saying the the skills you learned at, as a journalist, one of them being how how to write clearly for a, for a given audience, right? So yes. how does that, and, and I think you described it as 
pretty much like a an, an almost exact match. So the way that you were communicating as a journalist and the way you communicate as a marketer. So how how close is the overlap there? Because I mean, they're in in some ways, of course, they're pretty similar. In some ways, they're very different. So so say a little bit more about like how you learn to write as a journalist, how that translated into writing as a marketer. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I will say they are, they can be different if you are doing a lot of sort of marketing speak, you know, mm -hmm. for a particular industry or, or, or particular brand. But because this is financial services and it's, it's very specific and, and very broad, people are paying attention to the same types of things. So you are looking at interest rates or you're looking at what the Federal Reserve is, is doing or you're looking at what the Bank mm -hmm. of England is doing and you're creating narratives off of that. And our risk software like just does that. that. That's what it does. And I think that's why perhaps this particular type of job was very in line with what I had been doing as a, as a journalist. I don't know that it would overlap in other types of industries, but you can't just come out to people and say, I sell risk management software. You're going to lose them after, you know, the word risk. If you say something like, hey, energy market, they're crazy. They're volatile. The prices are all over the place. We just helped this company do, um, you know, deliver megawatts or hydrocarbons or whatever you want to call it, you know, to this, to, to, their, to their customers and they didn't lose any money and they didn't lose any customers. You know, that's a, that's a story that resonates with the types of companies that we speak to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what other kind of journalistic skills have you found have served you well? Like, for example, as a journalist, you have to cultivate sources and know how to interview people, specifically the sources that you cultivate. So how does how does that come into play? Yeah, absolutely. And especially, again, with, with this in terms of dealing with regulators or outside sources, clients, I've done myself a lot of case studies of what of how our clients are using the the product and cultivating sources, you know, talk to one person. I talk to somebody internally in sales or business development and I say, can you introduce me to your client? And similar to what I would do as a journalist, whereas yeah, I would go to somebody who knew somebody who I wanted to speak to and ask for an introduction and then make sure you know what you're talking about. Do your research and understand what you're about to ask them. Don't don't just go in cold. Sometimes you have to do that, but but if it's preferable if you're prepared. Um, and in terms of quoting people, if it's the same thing, you want to get a very sort of a, a quote that resonates with people that really gives some insight into what you do or what the story is about. And again, you are still as a content marketer, you're a storyteller. You're, you know, you're telling who your potential clients, potential prospects, you know, what your product does. So I would say that being able, having a good ear for quotes is pretty mm. important. And, and that is a, a skill that I definitely learned as a journalist. You're, you're always actively listening to people and you're kind of taking it apart in their, in your mind as they're talking to you and looking for what the real substance is of what they're saying. And I think you definitely want to do that in marketing because that gives you edge, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to your brand. Yeah, good point. I I have a bit of a journalism background too. And so that you're 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 right of course when you interview a source, you might sit down with them for say, you know, half an hour or whatever it is. You're going to get a lot of material 
in terms of what you use from that, especially direct quotes, it's probably going to be just a small percentage. You're not going to use everything. So part of the skill is looking for what, what what's the best stuff here? What's going to best serve the story that I'm telling? Right. And in fact, even to go, like you said, be prepared, go into the interview looking to get that stuff, not just hoping that it, that, that it somehow is delivered. Yeah, absolutely. It just, you have to mine for it. And, and that's part of being the journalist is digging and finding what you need. And again, keeping up with trends and in, in, in the markets and, if, you know, whatever market you're in, you're, you're keeping your eye on not only your product or brand, but what's happening in the rest of the market with competitors, or you're looking at data and you're able to interpret the data yeah. and understand how, how you, your company, your product, your brand, your region, whatever fits into the larger narrative of what's happening. Those things are really important and they are things that you hone as a journalist. Mm -hmm. For sure. As journalists, ideally at least, are supposed to kind of follow the facts, right? Tell the story based on as far as you can determine what's actually true, right? Yes. And that often means sifting through different narratives and different things people tell you and even different data sets, right? Yes. Do, do you find that you're, and I, I think on the one hand, you might assume, well, marketing's different. You know, you're not just like you have a pre kind of a narrative you're trying to, trying to sell essentially, right? The value proposition of your company. Right. And you're not just kind of following the story wherever it goes, or are you? How, how much similarity do you, do you see there? It's a good question. And my expectation when I started this job particularly was I was going to have to make things up. And mm -hmm. luckily, I, I didn't. I mean, fortunately, the company's been around for about a decade and a half and they've, they're, they're just sort of very down to earth and they know their business and they know what they have to do. And it's small and they, they have, we have our clients and we're, we're growing, but, um, it was an easy transition because they wanted to know what people wanted in the market and they wanted to follow what the regulators were putting out in terms of what the banks had to do for requirements. So it became a kind of, you know, a, a good, there was a roadmap there, so to speak. And it wasn't like I have to say that this thing is doing something because someone's already doing it and I can just talk to them and ask them about it. And, you know, again, I, I think within the industry, especially within financial technology, you, you just saw all these big kind of blowups with these cryptocurrency firms. Yeah. I think people didn't really believe the story from the beginning and some people bought into it, but that doesn't mean that what they were selling was, was, was true. I mean, the company mm -hmm. that I've been at, it's, you know, it's been around for almost two decades. And so if they weren't good at what they were doing, the story would have come out already. We have the opposite reputation we have a good reputation in terms of what we're doing for for risk mm -hmm. right so you don't so not not only do you not have to make things up but you, you really i mean if you do you're just asking for trouble right <laughs> people will find out just like in journalism like it's i i think the world of content marketing has sort of you know evolved or just marketing b2b marketing has evolved where people want you know, people are suspicious of just straight up marketing jargon. Mm -hmm. If you're making a claim, you need to be able to back it up. Yeah. People won't just be like, oh, okay, cool. 
I believe yeah. you. You know, it's kind of m- m- much like a journalist. You have to, su- you know, support. to build a believable story, you have to support it with evidence and facts and, and all that stuff. That's right. Yeah. And so that's that's basically what I've found myself doing for the last four years where I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is being able to support those facts and, and, you know, really digging into that. And again, I don't, you know, I don't know how the other I don't know how the cryptocurrency industry works. I don't know how other industries work, but with financial services, it's really hard to get around regulations. You just can't, you know, you just can't sort of circumvent them. You have to understand them and figure out how to implement a technology that's going to work for you. Otherwise, you're you're going to be you know, at the beck and call of regulators who are telling you to fix yeah. things. And if not, we're going to fine you. So it's really a, a like a very serious business. Um, yeah you know, issue for, for our clients. So nobody really takes mm. it too lightly. <laughs> I, I, right. I would, I would hope not. Or you, there's, there's, there's just so much risk there. Right. Uh, yeah. I think the, this FTX, right. I think that's the crypto company that just completely yes. blew up. I mean, mm-hmm. I believe I had never heard of them before like two days yeah, ago, I. but, but yeah. apparently they were incorporated in the, in the Bahamas specifically to avoid all kinds of regulations. So well, yeah, there you go. We we don't we, we can't <laughs> avoid regulations. <laughs> Much as well, people may make it cool, you know, not they're not their favorite thing to do. They they they're yeah. there for a reason and so Yeah. Yeah. That's, Indeed, that's right. A good point, yeah. And well, that's like a whole other issue really being a content marketer in, in a kind of highly regulated industry. That's a that's a, I used to work at a medical device company which is also oh, yeah. pretty highly regulated and we were pretty constricted in terms of what we could do for marketing, but that's a that's a whole other topic of conversation. So, in your transition from journalist to content marketer, have have there been anything that you had to have there been any things that you've kind of had to unlearn that you unlearned mm-hmm. that you learned as a journalist? Yeah, that's a good question, and I always knew that this would be an issue for me. Is I had to unlearn that desire to get things out right away <laughs> they mm, have to go through mm. some processes and protocols and you have meetings and you don't have that especially not at a newswire where you're constantly on a deadline um right if the market moves 50 cents in one direction you're putting a headline out there but that doesn't really translate to you know the corporate world <laughs> there's right. like a, there's a mm-hmm. lot more stakeholders and people you need to ask things of and i think i had to kind of dial that back a lot when I first when I first left journalism and moved more into financial services I I was mm. why aren't we putting this out there why aren't we talking about this someone else is going to talk about it and everyone's like no it's okay we can wait <laughs> <laughs> right right calm down right so the time the timelines are different right they are not trying different. to get a scoop exactly right. it's right yeah right yeah Okay, really interesting. Well, so what would be your advice for marketing teams that want to take a more journalistic approach to their content production? Uh, take a journalism class now. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, any kind of education you can get around it in terms of the uh, tools that journalists use or the techniques, you know, the sort of the so-called scientific method of this is out here. What is it doing? Is it working? And and kind of breaking it down from there. But honestly, I think the who, what, when, where, why, how is the basic principle mm. of journalism. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that and and it's got some substance to it, I think 
I think that's it. I mean, I think I would weaving that mm-hmm. into whatever you're doing with your content probably would just, you know, it'll, it'll tighten it up a bit if you're able to answer all of those questions uh, about your product or your brand. Yeah, right. Good point. That is, those are the basic building blocks of, of journalism, right? Yeah. And, and you could argue of content marketing and kind of matching them to your audience. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. So, okay. Well, one actually final question, and that is how can people contact you? Oh, I can give you my email address. Is that okay? I can give you my personal email address or work. J.C. for Charlie and my last name, P-R-E-Z-I-O-S-O at gmail.com. Okay, excellent. And of course, you're on LinkedIn. That's how we've, that's how I found you. I am on LinkedIn. So we'll put a we'll put a link to your LinkedIn bio in the show notes, and folks can reach out. I I hope that they do. Well, Janine, thank you so much for a, a really a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. I did too. Thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of the B two B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over the top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.